This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by rock sponsor Subsplash. Subsplash is a technology company that provides software solutions for churches and nonprofit organizations. Connect with Subsplash today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome to this special edition of Rockcast. I'm Emily Foreman. I have Aaron Higginbotham here with me. We love to interview members of the community about how they're using rock in really innovative ways and ways that uh, other people can find value in and how they're moving themselves forward in the rock community. Today, we have a special guest with us, Austin Spooner. Austin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. See you guys. So Austin, you're the director of operations at Veritas Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and uh, you've been a rock star since 2020. In fact, you were involved with Spark Development Network way back in the day when it was first um, starting up. I think you were volunteering, helping with some of the social media and some other aspects. So I know you've been around and seen the rock community and product from infancy to where it is today. So you have a really cool perspective on that. Yeah, it's been a super fun journey to see kind of where the um, like vision of rock was back then and where it is today and just the whole journey from like a couple of volunteers working at a church to like the whole <laughs> staff team you guys have now. Yeah, it's been absolutely an incredible ride. So, And you've been along with us along the way. You've been to almost every rock conference that we've had. I think you had one very valid exception, right? Yeah, we. I missed the one when our uh, son was born, but I felt like that was worth missing. For yeah, it, so. I think you made the right call on that one. Uh, you're a member of the Alpha Tester Group. You've contributed code. You're a community developer. You've taken Masterclass, SQL for Rock class. Um, you just have seen many of the corners of Rock and have done some really incredible things. I know we've worked with you on a lot of really interesting projects. And We'd love to hear about kind of your rock journey, when and how you got started with rock, how you heard about it back in those early days. Yeah, sure. Um, I was on staff. I was on staff at a uh, previous church, and like almost all church management, like system transitions, like you start looking for something different because you're frustrated with another product. And so um, we were at a point with a different um, with a different system that it was just causing some frustrations. Um, maybe more on like the user, or more on like the like company end of the spectrum, and less on like the user end of the spectrum. But going like, hey, I think we need to do something different. And then there were. Um, other relationships we had with other churches kind of thinking the same thing. And so for us, it was more about like community collaboration and being able to like talk with other churches and see how they're using a product and collaborate together than it was like looking for a specific like feature set. Um, and then um, when we kind of heard the vision of the Spark Development Network and Rock, we knew it was something like we wanted to be a part of and make sure like could get off the ground and could help other churches um, in the future and just like accomplish the mission of like just seeing more people know Jesus and help and how church management software can help that. And so um, we kind of looked at Rock. We saw it grow from like version one until like it is today, but also our first question then was like, what is the like base features that we have to have to move to this platform? Knowing that like, hey, this is an early on system. It has a good vision. It's something we can embrace. We're probably not going to be able to do everything we can do today. So there's going to be some pain points for our staff team, but it's still probably the right thing. So I think we jumped in at version like 4.5 or 
five back in the day and the feature we had to have probably then was like we needed family check-in because we had multiple classes you had to check into multiple people at the same time so that was like the base thing we had to have and then we bent a bunch of i won't say i love this but like we bent a bunch of processes around how the system worked back then but it has way more flexibility today yeah, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, thanks to um, the early adopters like you and the church that you were part of at that time, Rock really has become what it is today because that um, understanding the vision and desiring to be a part of the community and being a part of the community in the early days meant a little bit of elbow grease was pretty much required for the benefit of all. And and if it hadn't been for people like you and your um, church that you were a part of at the time, I don't think the Rock community would be where it is today. Yeah, no, it was super cool to see just many churches like sacrifice some features back then to just be part of something new that we knew would grow and help the kingdom. And it's pretty cool to see where it is today. So, well, you've had a big transition recently at Veritas, right? Uh, you moved from a single campus church to a multi campus church. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So um, we never really had like a solid plan to go multi-campus. It had always come up in like meetings about like, how do we manage growth or how do we handle this? Um, Because we're located in like a downtown area of the city. So we have no like expansion footprint. So it was always like, how do we expand? But um, was always really far off into the distant. But um, about probably maybe a little over a year ago now, another church, a group of people approached us and said, hey, we think you guys should consider starting a church in this like more rural community. And um, we think that's, we think at Veritas, so that's really important is bringing the gospel to places that's missing it, but there might not be a good gospel preaching church. And so we kind of evaluated that. Our elders prayed over like, hey, is that a distraction or a missed opportunity? Like, what should we do? And um, after some time thinking through that, we said, hey, yeah, we think this is a good idea. So I think from the time of like inception to the time of like doing it was like maybe like eight months, but we only knew maybe six weeks ahead of time where like even the location was going to be. So it was like, we can build out this so much and like we know our strategy and we know our philosophy, but I don't know where it's going to meet. So that kind of came to fruition a little on the late side, Um, but through like different tools and rock and like geo, like coding everybody's addresses like we knew that like hey we have a solid group of people like in our church who are leaders in our church that are in this community so we know like by like the data we have that if we go here like we will be able to shepherd these people well because we already have leaders um and pace setters in that congregation well that is very exciting um i know i was a part of an early time at ccv here locally where we moved from two campuses to three and um, what what happens when you go from one or two campuses into more that I saw happen, and I, and I bet you can um, validate this as well, is that it's not just about adding another building or grouping your staff differently or trying to communicate differently with different people in different areas. It just opens all your processes up to scrutiny. It's like, how are we doing this? Who should do this? Where does this go? How, what are the direct reporting lines? Or just everything needs to be evaluated. Yeah, like nothing's very, nothing's super, super clear. Like even one weird thing we ran across was like our new assimilation process. Like the first thing people do at our Cedar Rapids campus is go to New to Veritas brunch. 
well, we don't even serve brunch anymore. So we had to work <laughs> like, let's rename that class because it doesn't work at the second campus. It doesn't really work at the first one anymore. And so, and then it's like, how do you offer those classes at a rented facility that you don't even like have space in for later? So yeah, I mean, literally everything doubles or triples in complexity. Absolutely. So tell us about some of the changes that that shift required. I mean, you mentioned your assimilation process. What are some other things um, that required rethinking and how did you engage in that as the rock expert at Veritas? Yeah, from like a systems perspective, like at Veritas, like rock really like empowers like everything our ministries do from like groups to giving to our mobile app to our website. So like, I think the first thing we started really thinking through was like how we were going to like structure data that would be repeatable. Because like we wanted it to be able to make it, if it worked for two campuses, it's going to work for three. Is it going to work for four? We don't want to like hash this out all over again. So we started somewhere simple where like we just added um, a new group structure and said, hey, if we build out the groups this way, does this work well? And so um, once we figured out like we had like a group structure that worked, we went ahead and built that that same structure out in data views and in reporting Mm -hmm. and in other areas of like this is how this is kind of our model. So across the board, it'll just keep replicating. Um, And from there, uh, we went into the website because we realized that we had to figure out how to make our website be multi-campus. Mm-hmm. And we were, do we build two websites, um, one for each campus, or do we have one single website? We landed on keeping the single website and then adding like a campus picker. Um, and we built that out. And it, it has seemed to still, that seems, my model has seemed to still work for um, what we're doing. So impressive i mean you've you've exercised a lot of forethought there right you're you're thinking ahead to the next group the next change that's going to happen it sounds like you are every time you tackle one issue you discover a whole new issue (laughs) to kind of yeah so for example as we built out as we made changes on the website we started working on how our messages and message series works and with with our campuses specifically uh we record live at each campus it's not like a video venue So then we had to figure out how do we do content channels in a way where we can have two messages or two different series going on. People can pick like which campus they were at and go to that. But then as soon as you make that change, it affects your mobile app. So then we had to work with, we got to work with the Triumph team and rebuild the mobile app in a way that we could have multiple messages and multiple message series. And um, that would work really well. Even thinking through like right now, we do the same message at each location. Um, and so it doesn't seem like we would need to have separate series at each location, but there's always going to be that one-off. So then you need to build it for that. So I felt like, um, we really have come up, we've, we've over the last few months been able to come up with strategies that work even for some of our odd cases that, um, have come up even. So do you feel like that was the most challenging part of this or was there something else that was the most challenging? I think the most challenging part for us has really been trying to figure out who's at which location because we know people left and we know some people came and it's uh, and some people like you can still drive between both campuses. So are you here? Are you there? And which is your primary? And we're getting better at that. Um, so we have some we've been able to write some reports that go who, where have you, what campus have you checked your kids in and have you been there multiple times? And then from those kind of reports, we've been able to contact people and just confirm, hey, we've switched campuses. 
which then can prompt us to even go, hey, well, you're still giving to the general fund at this campus. Would it be okay if we move your giving to this other campus now? Which is super helpful because as you plan campuses, we're trying to make sure they're also like financially like Mm -hmm. independent and stable in the future. So we've been working, that's been our latest thing um, is just like running through our data and going, hey, you go here. Can we do this with your giving? Or, hey, you're going to this campus, but you're still in a small group from the other campus. And so we need to get you on a campus like back in your community. How are you feeling about the uh, switch to multi-site? Do you feel like most of the the whitewater, the, the wild part of it has settled down? Um, or are you still kind of in the middle of it? I feel like the whitewater phase is definitely probably over and we're just more in like how do we continuously like i think we're in a continually improving state Mm -hmm. what we're doing now is working but there's always going to be modifications or we're always going to find the form that we haven't made multi-campus yet or the connection request or a big thing we're working on right now is how to get people who register for serving at the wrong campus over to the right campuses serving opportunities Mm -hmm. um it's more staff training than system, but maybe we need to make it a real clear um, on how to do it. But I think we're at a stage where what we're doing is working and we probably have some other priorities that affect how we engage our members and attenders more than how we improve things for our staff. So we're probably at a stage where we're trying to make the user experience better for our members and attenders and maybe less improvement on like data views of reporting right now. What would you say is the most rewarding part of this uh, switch to multi-campus? I think the most, I think, rewarding part from like a rock perspective is there was nothing we found that we couldn't, like that we wanted to accomplish that we were like, this system is preventing us from doing. It was pretty simple to bend it and like mold it in different ways. Uh, From a ministry perspective, I think like the most rewarding thing is seeing people coming to a new church and um, that haven't had a church that clearly preaches the gospel in their community and like really engage at like a really healthy level and then getting there and then like getting to know them and being able to use rock then to like get them involved more and plug into our church body. Oh, I got the chills. (laughs) So you've talked a lot about making sure that each of the pieces of what you're doing are set up to be ready for the next option. You're talking a lot about the architecture of your system. Why do you think architecture is so important? Why do you think that's so key? I really felt like if we build it, if we built it correctly the first time, our staff wouldn't continuously come back to us with little niche improvement requests. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time really making sure that this structure would be clear. It would work for kids. It would work for worship. It would work for student ministry. Um, and that just even it went down to like our email templates. Like if you choose the right email template in this campus, it's just going, it's going to have the right reply to email address. It's going to have the right uh, address associated with it. Just so we weren't always stuck repeating what we've already done to make a little tiny improvement. Um, Our team has other things we need to concentrate on than just little tiny things all the time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What would you say is the best advice you have for other rock churches that are single campus considering going multi-site? Spend some time really coming up with the structure you want to implement before you just go build the structure in rock. Um, Rock's really great and will let you keep deleting things and rebuilding it, but it's way easier if you can just whiteboard it out and really come up with your structure. And if you have the skills or if you can work with like a rock partner to do it, get a test environment where you can do this 
like as a test and not in your production system. You're just no matter what, you're going to run into things that you're you've tried that don't work out, and try to keep your production data as clean as possible, and really spend time on your structure. Um, it'll help you in the long run because it affects every area. John always says, before you build anything, make sure that you can write it out on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am like the weird tech guy who hates whiteboards, so I don't have a whiteboard in my office, but I do have an iPad and I can like draw on an <laughs> document. But whiteboards drive me nuts, so I don't. I like whiteboard on paper. That works too. That sounds like some great advice. Well, you've got a cool mobile app. You talked a little bit about kind of making that extensible for your two campuses. Can you tell us a little bit more about your your mobile app that you guys designed? Yeah, sure. I've been involved in a few different mobile apps over the iteration of um, my previous church and the current church. And mobile apps always just frustrated me because I felt like they didn't have a purpose. So you either had a mobile app, it was like repeating your website functionality. And so why have one? So um, we've kicked around a Veritas for three years. Do we have a mobile app? What do we do with it? Like, how's that going to work? Um, And so post-COVID, we really wanted to focus on um, really equipping our people with um, good content and tools to just help, like, father their theological understandings and um, just really give them tools to share their faith better and uh, just dive deeper into, like, our community. So we spent some time um, really diagramming out what a mobile app would look like for us, and we decided to really take a focus on our mobile app is going to be primarily equipping tools or content for insiders and not repeat our website. Um, There's very few things on our website that are also on our mobile app. Um, And there's things on our mobile app that never make our website. And it's really insider content, but it's really it's been really helpful to our people. Um, so our mobile app is going to bring articles, blogs, um, stories of what God's doing in the church. Um, mostly those things we have. A, I felt like events was enough, like outside and insider that we duplicated events um, on the website, but it's not really duplicated. Rock drives it. So it shows up in both spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, our mobile app, I'm not, we don't really look at analytics and metrics much. I like to measure things if I'm hearing stories about how they're working. So every week I hear stories from our people that they're engaging in articles they didn't know existed, that they're learning things, that they've changed how they parent because they've listened to our parenting podcast. Um, So the stories we're hearing tells us our mobile app is working. But also when I look at our mobile app and I see now how many downloads it has and I'm, and it's, 85% 85% of the people who attend our services, it's like, oh, well, it's actually going somewhere. Um, but we've even been able, we've even been able to really engage people in content in like unique ways with it. So we can, we've used push notifications recently to like alert people like, hey, here's a new story of what God's doing in this student ministry group. Or, um, hey, here's a God story about this thing. Instead of just like, alerts for service cancellations and just the busyness of life. Just like, how do we keep reminding people like their faith is really important and uh, more so than what the church is doing. Mm -hmm. Churches tend to have such great content that's being produced different kinds at different churches, but um, it's so easy to miss that in all the busyness and all the information that's everywhere. What an incredible way to put that right in your, in your church community's hands. Yeah. And with content channels, being able to drive it, I mean, from a technical standpoint, like once it's set up, our ministries, our ministries really drive the content that gets on the app for the article stories, podcasts, their teams are 
um, all doing that stuff. We're not really spending our time on it. And it's super cool to see them be able to handle that themselves and engage in that way. That's really incredible. So Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself, something that maybe your colleagues or people in the rock community who know you might not know. Gosh, I think one thing that comes to mind is my wife and I love to bike. We've biked across Iowa six or seven times now in our life. And no kidding. This last weekend, we biked about 104, 105 miles to up in um, some hilly area around a river. So biking is kind of something we do together. Um, so that's something we enjoy doing. So I'd say that's unique. Oh, I would too. Yeah, that's incredible. Do you do that um, with a group? Do you do races? Do you do it um, just the we two do- of you? Do group, we do a lot of group rides. Um, we'll go out and do it, just the two of us, but we do a ton of group rides. My wife does triathlons, so she does a lot of more racing. I don't race. I wasn't built for racing. I definitely don't run. <laughs> so, um, well, this is a beautiful time of year in Iowa. Perfect for getting out and hitting that bike. Yeah, definitely probably not the time in Phoenix, though, right? No, definitely not the time in Phoenix. <laughs> not so much. I think it was a- 115 yesterday. So. That's right. So we're going to get to 105 today. You're kidding. What? So, oh. wow. That's not really pleasant. No, no. That's a. It's 66 right now. It's that <laughs> temperature shift we're going to get to. I, I'm not sure I'd know how to dress. <laughs> Stay indoors. That's yeah, my that's advice what, in that situation. That's wild. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing some of your adventures with Rock from the early stages, um, from the the content um, promotion that you've created internally, going multi-site. You've done a lot of really incredible things and um, and been an instrumental part of the Rock community for a long time. And we really appreciate your sharing some of that with us and with the Rock community here today. Thanks so much for joining us, Austin. Yeah, thanks so much. We're super thankful for the Rock team and just how you guys have been able to be a part of our ministry here. It's wonderful to have you. Tune in next time, and we'll see who we get to talk with on the next special edition of Rockcast. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors.